Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning, world, and welcome to Trust the Tape, episode 10.31.18. I'm Jeff Cavanaugh at JC1053 on the Twitter. Uh, alongside my co-host, Dane Brugler of The Athletic, at DP Brugler on the Twitter. You can follow him if you want to be... The best informed about college football in the world, that's where you get it, is from Dane. Good morning, Dane. Happy Halloween. Yeah. I won a uh, Halloween, I won a costume contest over the weekend. Oh, really? Yes, I won as Inigo Montoya. I'm sorry? Inigo Montoya. Oh, oh, the the movie. uh... No one, if anybody hasn't seen The Princess Bride, you need to be assaulted. Assault's illegal. I don't hope anybody gets hit, (laughs) but if you haven't seen The Princess Bride, I'm disappointed in you. You know, so my, my name is Inigo Montoya. You yeah, killed yeah, the, my father. Prepared to die. Yeah, the wig. I had the wig. Okay. Yeah, I had the. I had his vest and I had his long sleeve shirt and I had his pants and his shoe. Kind of his shoes. I ordered the extra large based on the size chart, but the shoes still wouldn't go over my shoes, so mm. I kind of had to tie them up to my feet. But it worked out well. Enough people have seen it that I I want a I want a hundred dollar gift card to the bar. Hey, almost covered my tab. <laughs> yeah, it was sweet. That's gone. Yeah, it was great. We had a great time. Still had to pay like forty bucks. <laughs> uh, yeah, happy Halloween and happy Halloween to Dane's kids who have no say so in their costume. <laughs> They're two two and three years old. You know, it's just when you're that young, you don't really get to pick and. Uh, can so they talk? It's, it's the adult. yeah, they can talk, but so they can make words and they can think. But you picked yeah. their costumes. Well, it was fun because we ordered a few things. You know, my my daughter tried on uh, you know a vampirina costume and a what vampirina? It's a that's a vampire. Yes, with it, she's just a little girl, so her name's Vampirina. Uh, okay, it's a Disney show. Uh, you know, oh, that's a real show. Yeah, it's in the rotation. Uh, so it's like a cutesy and, little vampire. Yeah, she's she she moved from Transylvania and she's trying to fit into everyday life in, okay. in Pennsylvania. So yes, it's a uh, it's a, a cute little cartoon. So between that and Puppy Dog Pals and uh, there, there's a couple more in the rotation. But uh, yeah, my son did Spider Man, and it, you know we 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 tried on a few things but it's it's fun when they're this young because they don't really care and the adults can kind of have fun with it. Yeah, what are they going as, Dane? Uh, you know, they're going to go as a, a football player and a cheerleader. So that, you know, it's just uh hmm. dad kind of had final say in that one. Hmm. So uh When do they get say? I don't know. 2 years? Maybe. I mean, they're next two, year. They're two and three. So leave comments on the podcast on if Dane's being a bad father or not. I feel like this is bullying. Really, I feel like you're bullying your children. If they went and you know out of the house crying because they're in their costumes, then sure. But they 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 enjoy it. So mm-hmm. maybe next year they'll have more of an opinion. But mm-hmm. right now they don't. Also, really forcing them into gender roles. <laughs> the boy has to be a athlete and the girl has to be a cheerleader very disappointed in dane i will always do that sorry uh so 
Where do we start with? College football, NFL trade deadline, playoff rankings, and on and on and on. We have so many topics today. Yeah. Well, we have to get into the rankings uh, released, but uh, let's start with the NFL trade deadline and a flurry of moves that you don't really see in football. Uh, We saw it a little bit last year, and you feel like it's picked up more in recent years. It's interesting when you have some teams that aren't out of it yet. You know, a team like the Packers. Uh, understand the Ty Montgomery trade, but haha, Clinton Dix, we know he's a free agent after the year, seeing him dealt uh, to the Redskins. Um, who, did any team stand out to you as, okay, this team is definitely better today than they were yesterday with what they did? I think Philadelphia is definitely better. Houston is interesting to me because Houston adds Demarius Thomas for a fourth-round pick. So the Broncos sold at the deadline, and now they're going to play a home game against Houston, hmm. who they just traded Demarius Thomas to, which is great. So there's like a building outside of their stadium that has a giant Demarius Thomas poster hmm. on the wall that you can see from inside, and they're going to just alter a little bit to say thank you. That's cool. Like, hey, thanks for everything. Yeah. And then he's going to go out there and try to beat him. So I really want the Broncos to win that game because I just think that would be great that uh, – <clears throat> The team that announced their buyers goes into the team that announced their sellers mm. and gets beat. That's yeah. kind of that's my NFL dream for this weekend. Uh, I wonder what Demarius Thomas has left because Emmanuel Sanders is still kind of what he was. Uh, Cortland Sutton is sort of making uh, a statement for more playing time, and they're like, "Yeah, Demarius, you can go, and we'll take a draft pick for you." And I don't know. He didn't replace Will Fuller in Houston, who tore his ACL, because they're totally different. I, I don't see Demarius Thomas as a real stretch-the-field, deep-threat kind of no. guy. I see him more as screen game and after-catch and physical. Right. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that one fits. Well, And it's funny, because I always kind of compared Demarius Thomas and Des Bryant. They were in the same draft. Uh, kind of the same build, right? The way they move, strengths. Uh, you know, I, I think you know they're a little different in some ways, but they were in the same draft. They got the extension at the same time for the same money. Yeah, basically. So you know, I always compared the two, and you know, we know Dez uh, since he's been cut had a few options, but has decided to uh, kind of you know take his time, and I, who knows if we'll see him in the NFL again. But Demarius is not the player he once was, but you know he's. You know, with Will Fuller going down in Houston, uh, you know Kiki Kuti's probably that deep threat. Demarius Thomas can help fill more of an underneath threat. Uh, helps Deshaun Watson, helps your young quarterback. So it'll be interesting to see how quickly they can integrate him into the offense. And the Broncos at three and five does that does that make sense to you that you're selling? If I'm, I just I, I can't picture that if I have a team with Case Keenum. And Emmanuel Sanders, like it's, it seems like a team that's still planning to win. Right. But I guess at the same time, if your contract's almost up and you're not planning on keeping him around, okay, I'll take whatever compensation I can get. Let Cortland Sutton get his shine on. And that, and I, that's the, I think that's a key. Cortland Sutton, more playing time. Uh, you still have Emmanuel Sanders. So, you know, it's not like Cortland Sutton's going to see all this attention now from defenses. Uh, and, you know, Denver, they're in a tough division, obviously, with KC. Uh, the Chargers are, you know, going to be competitive until the end. But, you know, the the Broncos have been competitive in, in their games. It's not like they're getting blown out. Like, yeah. you know, when they're facing KC, they're at least, you know, keeping it within 
you know, 10 points. So it was an interesting move. Um, I don't think it's a complete white flag by any means. Uh, but, you know, I think it's a chance for Cortland Sutton. They're ready for him to step up and a chance to get a, a draft pick for a guy that, you know, I don't think it's going to... I don't think their win-loss record is going to be drastically different now compared to what we thought you know, a couple of days ago. Okay, and then Golden Tate in Philadelphia, I do like. Uh, I also like that they announced that they don't, and they're not interested in running the ball. <laughs> yeah. They're just going to roll with, what, Wendell Smallwood and Josh Adams and yeah. Corey Clement. But Two of the guys undrafted free agents, I believe. So, okay. We, Adams and Clement. Well, they traded for Ajayi. Before they too, did. so they care a little did, bit yeah. about running back, a little bit if it's the right cost, I guess. But to add Golden Tate with Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar, Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, mm. how many do you need? Yeah, I guess they just don't want Jordan Matthews on the field, who had a nice game this week. Well, and, they want to add Golden Tate, and that makes sense to me because you're looking at a division where Washington's leading, and. I think Dallas did the same thing where they said, I don't buy it. Right. I don't I don't really believe Washington's going to go real off 11 wins. So if we can have a good year, maybe the division's not dead. Maybe we can get a wild card. And, I mean, Philadelphia, you're the defending champ. You're not conceding that, hey, we're not going to catch, <coughs> what, Carolina's the first wild card, and the second one at the moment would be whoever has a winning record. Yeah. Uh, maybe in the north. Maybe it would be the – uh, Vikings, uh, Packers, whatever. It's uh, dang it, Jeff. Pull up the NFL standings for crying out loud. Uh, the other wild card at the moment would be oh goodness, it would actually be Seattle at four and three, and then the Vikings are four three and one. The Packers are three three and one. So the playoff race is alive and well, and Philadelphia is right in the mix and planning to make the postseason. So that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. They've become that kind of team where we'll take a player over a mid-round pick. So you take Golden Tate and the proven production for your third-round pick. When he walks at the end of the year, if he walks, I guess, but when he walks at the end of the year, you'll probably get a fourth or fifth-round comp pick when he signs a contract. Yeah, if you don't so, sign anybody. Yeah. So, yeah, not not a terrible deal for Philadelphia. Good idea because they're a really good team that's trying to go win the Super Bowl again. And you anticipate that, one. you anticipate that pick being at the you know late portion of the third round. Uh, he makes your team better, and I think it's... It's a good organization making a smart move. Uh, Howie Roseman has shown you know he can push the right buttons, and this seems like uh, another one of those cases. And then the now Damon Harrison wasn't a deadline deal, I guess, but right. uh, Damon Harrison got traded. I already forgot where he went to. Detroit, Lions to yeah. the to the Lions for a fifth round pick, which. I got to start factoring these things into the NFL draft. Yeah. If you are a run stuffer that does not rush the passer, I can't give first round grades. Uh, Vita Vey, I thought could rush the passer a little bit, but a little bit, yeah. But I need to just remove non-pass rushing defensive tackles from first round consideration because if you get paid, which I think Snacks is nine or ten million dollars a year, and he's awesome at his job, teams don't care about that job anymore. They just it, don't. It's. You know, it's kind of like the running back conversation where, you know, Ezekiel Elliott made sense for the Cowboys. Uh, You know, there are certain situations where taking a running back top 10, maybe that's kind of the missing piece of what you're looking for. And so for some teams picking in the mid first, late first, maybe you have that defensive line. You have two guys on the edges you like. You have that uh, interior pass rusher. Maybe you're just missing that big bully 
of a nose tackle. So maybe he is that missing piece that that you need. And so that's where a Dexter Lawrence from Clemson comes into play. Um, Jeffrey Simmons from Mississippi State, um, I'm using examples for this, what we're talking about for this upcoming draft. He'll be interesting because he's not a big-time pass rusher. He has ability to be so, to develop in that area. But he's more of a, a guy that's going to set the edge, play the run. Uh, so these guys will be interesting to see how they're viewed. But for the right situation, I can understand. But the overall point that you're making, I, I absolutely agree. It's uh, Unless you can impact with the, with the what's happening in the pocket and what the quarterback's doing, I have strong concerns about taking you early top 20 even in the first round. Washington, good job getting ha-ha Clinton Dix from the Packers. Interesting that the Packers would sell, but I guess mm. he's been, what, kind of up and down? Yeah, but they, he wasn't upgrade, going back. An upgrade for Washington, right. and he wasn't going to be in Green Bay, so right. you get a mid-round pick, and Washington gets another safety to put with Swearinger, and so that makes sense for Washington for sure and for Green Bay, I guess. And then the thing I've had to do doing radio in DFW is it, try to explain to the internet how Amari Cooper <laughs> cost a first-round pick when Golden Tate cost a third-round pick and Demarius Thomas cost a fourth-round pick. And it's not hard, guys. It's not hard. It's not really comparable. It's either. not hard. Philadelphia got a guy who, I don't know, what is Golden Tate, 30? 30. Whatever. Yeah. He's 30. He's a free agent. He's yep. a rental. Right. Now, sure, they could get a fourth or fifth round comp back, depending on what they do in the offseason. Mm-hmm. They could get something back. They rented a guy who is older, who's closer to the end than the beginning, and he won't be there long term. Now, he can be if they elect to pay him and keep him, but most people aren't trying to pay a 30-year-old wide receiver a bunch of money for long term. Demarius Thomas is towards the end right. and is a rental for Houston to fill in for a guy that got hurt. For Dallas, they traded for a 24-year-old with another year on his deal, and they're going to extend him. Their plan is long-term, and I I don't love the value. I wish that that would have been a 2 or a 2 and a 6 or 7, whatever. I don't love the value, but the situation is totally different. They're making a long-term play for a guy that could outlast the quarterback if he doesn't make it, could outlast the head coach if he doesn't make it, and so... I don't think a receiver is going to make a huge difference schematically with the current quarterback and the current coach, but he can survive it and be around for whatever's next if they make changes. And I think that's fair. And with all trades, you know, we it, we're going to have the instant reaction. We, you know, that's obvious. But we all know that we're going to look back and we might have completely different opinions based on how things played out. Uh, you know, if the Cowboys. If Amari Cooper plays more like the guy we saw at Alabama in his first two seasons in the NFL and Dak Prescott, uh, we see an uptick in production and efficiency and it helps uh, Dak develop as a quarterback, well, then you better believe that it was worth a first-round pick, a mid-first-round pick. Now, if the opposite happens and Dak struggles and he doesn't you know, earn that big contract and Amari Cooper plays more like the guy we've seen over the last year and a half then no, of course. It, I mean, it's a gamble by the Cowboys, but it's really not comparable when you talk about Golden Tate, Demarius Thomas, these other wide receivers. It's apples to oranges, and you know, I, I get it. That's We're going to look at these trades and identify them to death, and they're winners, losers, all that, but you know, let's, uh, let's keep things in perspective. And with Cooper, his career trajectory is weird. It is weird that yeah. you could walk into the SEC and dominate as a freshman. You could walk into 
the NFL and dominate as a 20 or 21 year old. And to see the production numbers go down is very curious, but it's hard to think that a guy lost the physical ability at age 24. Right. So, you know, it, it makes sense. The Cowboys had a desperate need. Uh, I, here's what I don't like about the trade. We both are pretty clued in with the Cowboys and how they draft. Right. And going into the last two drafts, we pretty much knew they were taking a defensive end in the first round two years ago and a linebacker in the first round this year. Right. By the time they got there, I hate that that's the way they do it. Yeah. Like that was the plan. Right. They went in and they were like, hey, when 27 rolls around, we're going to take a DN. <laughs> hey, when 19 rolls around, we're probably going to take a linebacker. Maybe if Van Der Esch is gone, that doesn't happen. Right. But at 19, we're probably taking a linebacker. And they are trying to, trying to sell this as, hey, we were taking a wide receiver early. And I'm like, no, that is yeah. not how this works. Yeah. You can't. What if you get to whatever pick the Cowboys would have had in next year's draft? and you're picking 14th, and your best receiver is the 33rd guy on the board. This is not how we maximize value, guys. This is not the way we do things. So that part of it, I don't like. I understand the need. I understand getting the best player you think you can get in the next calendar year at wide receiver. I get all of that. Stop planning what you're doing in the first round before you get anywhere near on the clock. Please. Well, and it's funny because I hear from uh, fans of other other teams, and they say, well, you know what? They didn't have to go wide receiver. They could have gone another, well, another they position. Going to. I, when they say they're going wide receiver, I absolutely believe it because that's the track record of this franchise. Uh, they really uh, key in on a certain position they need. They looked at the draft two years ago and they knew going in. Yeah. Not only are we taking a defensive end in the first, we're taking a corner in the second. They knew it going in. Well, and, and at least it was yeah. based on the depth of the draft to some extent. Right. They knew this draft. But still, I think they could have gone corner defensive end, but it was going to be one of those two. Yeah, you know, like if Dory Jackson was there, I think they might have gone that direction and gone defensive end in the second round. But it was going to be defensive end corner first and second round, either order, and it just happened to be Taco Charlton was the best player on the on the board at that time. So, you know, it's it's not the way to do business. Um, you know, I think they can get away with it if the right player is there, but I don't think it's a smart way to do things. Uh, and again, I, I wish they had that first round pick. I would not have made the trade, but I understand why they did. And, you know, I, I'm not defending the trade because, again, I wouldn't have made it. You just really can't compare it with these other ones. And I won't defend the trade when they go into next season and they've retained Jason Garrett and Dak Prescott's still the quarterback because, in that case, I do think you gave up too much because yeah. I don't think that a receiver can save this. No, I don't. It's not. It, you cannot save this. Base. I mean, Mari Cooper. Even if he turns out to be a thousand yard receiver, that's not going to be enough to you know give you two more wins in the in the win loss column. Uh, unless we unless you see a drastic change in the quarterback play because of the receiver, because it's not like Jason Garrett has never had a big time receiver. Right. Des Bryant went bonkers with Jason Garrett as a head coach, but the quarterback was essentially going into the huddle and be like. Nah. Yeah. I exactly. got this. Exactly. Let's let's go. Let's push the ball. I think you and I are on the same page when it comes to. Dak Prescott and what we think, how this is going to end. Um, hopefully, we're wrong which for means, Cowboys fans. Which sake. does mean we're haters, by the way. Yeah, that's, that's the right. way. It, that's the I, way it I works. think of it as being a realist, but oh. you know. Okay, on to college football. Welcome to college football on Trust the Tape. The playoff rankings are out, and nothing was shocking. I was a little bit surprised that LSU was ahead of Notre Dame. Yes, yeah. Notre Dame had no losses, but. 
I get it. I think the committee does that to kind of make people like me happy who are like, no, Notre Dame does not have a conference. If you have a strong schedule and a powerful conference, you get to be ahead of Notre Dame. And they set it up that way. Plus, they know LSU is about to lose. So they had hmm. to get them in a spot where they could still be respectable <laughs> after the loss to Alabama that's coming. But yeah, LSU at three and Notre Dame at four with obviously Alabama one, Clemson two. That makes sense. I think so. Um, and I'm putting in the call. If anybody is listening out there and you want to tweet me at JC1053 and make a small wager, I will take Alabama to win the championship, and you may have the field at even money if anybody is interested. I don't think anyone's crazy enough to do that. Who wants some of good this luck. action? Who wants some of this action? And the top 11 picks, five SEC teams. Uh, and then the Big Ten had two, and then the other conferences had one. Pen, uh, Pac-12, Washington State. Hey, this is what I need, though. Big we 12. We're alive. Oklahoma. We're alive. Yeah. They, and they play, they're playing well. Gardner Minshew, I tell you what, man, this guy, I, he was so close to being a, basically a grad assistant in Alabama. Uh, goes to Washington State, and he's got an NFL future with the way he's playing. Uh, he, he's a fun player. He's just I love his field vision, uh, natural touch, a very smart guy. And Stanford kicked a, or they scored to tie the game up uh, on Saturday. And so Gardner Minshew had about a minute and a half to uh, get this team down the field and for at least a field goal. And it's just kind of, he just knew he was going to do it. Uh, he's just he's in the moment, uh, and he he helps move the chains. So very efficient player, a big fan of his. Uh, Notre Dame, obviously, uh, being the independent, and then Oklahoma, the Big 12 representative, and Clemson, ACC. Uh, You know, I think when you look at this, going outside the top 10, the one team that kind of stands out that has a a realistic shot to maybe move up throughout this, uh, throughout the next few weeks, is West Virginia. A one-loss West Virginia who got embarrassed against Iowa State. But with the schedule they have in front of them, hey, with, Iowa State is ranked, sir. Iowa State's a good, a good team. No, I'm not saying anything against Iowa Apparently State. Apparently, their coach has a chance to be the next uh, Cleveland Browns coach. Yeah, well, that, Matt Campbell, um, he's he's an Ohio guy, Maslin, uh, Ohio. Uh, I was with him for two years at Mount Union. He, he's an awesome guy. Uh, you could tell back then he was destined for big things. Uh, just wait, what do you mean with him? <clears throat> what were you guys doing? When I when I worked when I was at Mount Union, my juniors when I was my sophomore and junior year, I, I worked at the a lot with the football team. So he was the OC back then. Okay. Before we moved on to where'd he go from there? Bowling Green. That's maybe? why you like him. It's not just because he's got Iowa State as a good team. It's because you know him. That's what's going on. Well, here. I know, Homerism. but I know what he's capable of. Uh-huh. I mean, he if he wouldn't trust me, I wouldn't put my name next to his and say he's a good coach if he was. If I didn't think he was. Um, so there, there are going to be plenty of rumors about, and not only the Browns, but Ohio State. Uh, Urban Meyer, the health stuff's popping up again. I know he said he's coming back next year. You just never know. Is it incredibly insensitive to look skeptically at Urban Meyer and his health situation? I mean, he had a health situation when he wanted to leave Florida. I, said I mean, did. had to leave Florida because he had to spend time it, with his family. At Flo- I mean, th- this stuff started at Florida. Right I, after I, Tebow yeah. was done, his health really popped up on him. I mean, Urban really, I mean, he's lost all benefit of the doubt with a lot of things. But, um, you know, he helps win on, on Saturdays. That's kind of all that matters in, in college football world. Um, but, you know, I looking at West Virginia, I, they've got Texas, they've got Oklahoma, they've got they have Texas this weekend. 
they've still got plenty of games in front of them where they put up some quality wins and they're going to move up. Now, if they can or if they can protect Will Greer and give him time to throw the ball down the field, they've got every opportunity to uh, crash the the playoff this year. And well, be I'll tell you what, Oklahoma's defense is not impressive. So if no. you could pull off beating them, you may have to beat them again. Yeah. Uh, later on in a title game, but that'll that'll move you up a little bit. Couple of oh, Oklahoma yeah. wins, no question. Um, if West Virginia wins out, it's going to be tough to keep them out. Um, now, let's say West Virginia wins out and uh, Notre Dame w- or Michigan wins out. I-, I think Michigan probably gets the edge because they'd have a win over a or they'd have their only loss would be to an undefeated Notre Dame. Uh, where you know the one loss for West Virginia would be Iowa State, who could very well finish ranked. They're a good team, but wouldn't be as strong. Um, Michigan would have wins over Ohio State, and then whoever they'd face in the Big Ten Championship game, which, gosh, could be Northwestern. Is, is Sunshine our best chance to take down Alabama? It might be the way he's playing. We need Sunshine to go Trevor Lawrence, Clemson's freshman quarterback. I, is that true freshman? Yeah, true freshman. Goodness gracious. What, Goodness gracious. If he was eligible for the draft, we'd be talking about him a lot uh, as being the, one of the top quarterbacks. Man, this is just the wrong year to need a quarterback. It is. I'll tell you what, yeah. I've seen about enough of Drew Locke and oh, man. whatever I, else is out there. I wrote about him this week in my weekly draft ra- uh, wrap-up uh, on Monday mornings. Uh, and his If you're picking him, I think it's a full Josh Allen pick no, it, at this it, point. It's, it's going to be a, a lot a tools of, pick. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of the Josh Allen conversation because you look at Drew Locke and what he's done against uh, the non-conference schedule, which is what? Memphis and Purdue. And uh, compared to what he did in the SEC – it's really night and day, and so it's you're you're doing it on the physical traits. You're doing it on, uh, you know, trusting that you're gonna do some things with him that he hasn't been able to do at Missouri, and you know, I kind of broke down some of his stats, um, it, the situational stats, things that kind of that really matter to me. Uh, so with Drew Locke against uh, the non-conference opponents, he's. 71.1% completion percentage, 15 to 1 touchdown interception ratio against four SEC opponents, 49.6 completion percentage, 1 to 5 touchdown interception ratio. So maybe he's good when his talent's as good as the other talent. Yeah. I mean, does Missouri have a I, lot of talent on that team? They do on offense. Yeah. Um, now, I mean, he's been missing his top receiver, Emmanuel Hall, uh, but they have a, a legit tight end, Alberto. They've got other talent wide receiver. Um, it's the full context. It's not all in the quarterback, but uh, you look at some of these other stats. Thirty-seven road uh, red zone trips for Missouri this year. In those red zone trips, Drew Locke is completing twenty-three point eight percent of his passes. He's ten for forty-two. Twenty-three percent in the red zone. Yes, he has forty-two passes in the red zone. He's completed ten of them, and that includes everybody, not just the SEC. Yeah, that's it. Full season oh, this year. Um. He, when Missouri is losing by 14 points or less, so reasonably within you know two touchdowns, a two possession uh, type of game, he's 25 or 58. That's 43.1 percent completions, one passing touchdown, four interceptions. So you know these situations where the field shrinks and you know the red zone need to make plays. Uh, his team is down by a touchdown or two, need plays to get back into it. 
he's struggled to live up to uh, when the when the when the lights are the brightest, and it's something that if, these are the stats that I'm paying most attention to when I look at these quarterbacks. So bright red flags there. But again, if he it's the Josh Allen narrative. If he performs well at the Senior Bowl, if he does well at the Combine, if he interviews well, which is exactly what Josh Allen did, he's still going to go in the first round. And if Justin Herbert goes back, Dwayne Haskins goes back, he's going to be in the conversation to be the first quarterback drafted. I bet he will be the first quarterback on some team's draft boards. This is going to be a bad year if you want a quarterback. I'm just going to put that out there. You just got to work a little bit I guess you never know. You just got to work a little. I I like Daniel Jones out of Duke. I like him quite a bit. Uh, I think he's got a lot of what you you want. He's got the makeup that you want in an NFL quarterback. Uh, But going back to the playoff rankings, I've got a a simple hypothetical for you. Well, not even the rankings, but... I'll take Bama. Let's preview the weekend. We got a huge... This is the biggest weekend. Could be the biggest weekend of the year. Uh, Bama has to go into LSU right. at night, right? It's not easy to do. That's about as tough as it gets. It is. But I don't believe that Tua is flappable ever. Hmm. Uh, I can't wait till he's the number one pick uh, in a year and a half. Well, let me let me ask you this, okay? Uh-huh. You've seen Alabama, obviously. You've seen LSU. Yep. Swap quarterbacks. So you put Tua on LSU. You put Joe Burrow on Alabama. The spread right now is 14 and a half in favor of Alabama. What would the spread be if you swap quarterbacks? Uh, the spread would be... Now, if I'm Bama, can I just play Hurts? No, you have to play Joe Burrow. Okay, I got to Which play I, I think he would be the better quarterback. Okay, okay. Um, I believe LSU would be favored mm. by four. Wow. I think so, they would be viewed as barely the better team. There's like a 20-point tw- swing. I think so. Just with the quarterback. I think so. Yeah. Two has changed what Alabama is. Ah, no question. Completely changed what Alabama is. It's ridiculous that for so long they've had the best teams but have been so hesitant to go try to score points. And two is just like, yeah, why don't we just chunk it down the field all the time and get all the points? It'll be great. Well, And, and not only is he just a guy that can you know threaten you deep, and but he just he makes smart decisions. He, you know, watch him as he goes through his progressions. I mean, he's looking at one to two to three to four. I mean, he's getting deep in his progressions, and a lot of that's the offensive line. They're giving him time to sit back there in the pocket, and that's going to be a big thing for LSU. They don't have that impact pass rusher. You know, regardless of what we thought of them as prospects, Arden Key, Barkevius Mingo, they could get to the quarterback at the college level. They don't have that guy this year. Uh, Rashard Lawrence, he's a good player, but, you know, he's 300 pounds. He's... You know, he's more of a a guy that's going to win with power inside. He's not going to scream off the edge. So, you know, for Tua, if he has time to survey the field, he's going to find a matchup he likes. He's going to deliver to his targets. Uh, and, you know, we're getting to the point where it's going to be November and he still doesn't have an interception this year. Yeah, so I just pulled this up because I was curious because I was sure he had to be having the best season of all time for a quarterback from an efficiency standpoint. 25 touchdowns, no picks, 13.6 yards per attempt while completing 70% of your passes. That's what Tua is doing. He His rating, which I don't know how they calculate the college one, and I don't care right. because I do know that the highest two seasons ever were Baker Mayfield in 2016 and 17, and he was phenomenal. Tua is currently up 238.8 to Baker Mayfield's 198.9. So you just had to crank the all-time passer rating up 40 points for Tua. And by the way, Kyler Murray currently is having the second-best season ever. He's not far behind, yeah. With his rating at 227.3. Wow. And Will Greer is seventh all-time. 
teams are getting good at throwing the ball, Dane. I'd say so. Uh, you got two Big 12 teams in there. Uh, with Tua... Man, I'm, shots fired at the Big 12. I just stated a fact that there are two Big 12 teams in there. There are, yes. Uh, so, and it looks like... Uh, <laughs> Four of the top six seasons are Big Twelve. You got some RG three, two Bakers, and a Kyler. I believe the record for most touchdowns in a season before your first interception is twenty seven. Oh, two is not going to throw a pick. So how about that for a bet? He might, for the year? he might break that. I this got him week, at no weekend. I don't think he'll throw a pick this year. I mean, I'd say he's going to throw no one. picks, even if it's a deflection I'd at the say line he's of scrimmage. He's not going to complete seventy percent of his passes for thirteen and a half yards and attempt and twenty five touchdowns and no picks. You might be right. No picks this year. I would not perfect take, season. I think you're wrong, but I would not take that bet. Perfect season for Tua uh, and Quinn and Williams gets picked in the top three. Get ready. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I no. I, I said it last week that he's the best defensive tackle I've I've scouted so far, and that includes Ed Oliver. And that's that's not a shot at Ed Oliver. Wait, who's this a year or player. ever? Did you just no this player? Take this down year. Aaron Donald. Okay. No, this year. Um, he is the Dominican best defensive defensive tackle I've I've scouted this this year. Um, he's he's a top five pick, and he's only a redshirt sophomore. So we'll see if he comes out, but I think he's going to be. Drafted as long as he finishes strong, as strong as he started, um, he's going to go high. So uh, that's interesting, though. If you, you swap these quarterbacks, how how different we'd we'd look would at you, these two would teams. Would you have LSU as the favorite? I'm just thinking <clears throat> it would be a home game at night, and you have Tua. Yeah, right. Considering the setting, you um, still don't have the better roster. Yeah, and LSU. I think they they like I said the the lack of a pass rush really that that bothers me. Um, Alabama, I think, clearly has the better. Uh, weapons, uh, especially at wide receiver. They've, LSU's got a solid run game. Hey, when do we get Judy in the NFL? When does that He's happen? a true sophomore. So okay. One more? Him and Tua. Top 10 picks next year? I'll take them both. <coughs> Let's tank. Teams need to tank it up. Get ready. So, uh, yeah. It's... Uh, I, yeah, I think I would take LSU. I think it'd be close. I, I, I'd probably put it under a field goal type of spread. I mean, Burrow would just make Alabama what Alabama always is. Right. And then you would be giving LSU the best maybe quarterback in the country. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a nice matchup. It would be fun. Because be nice yeah, matchup. it's he, he wouldn't have as good weapons to throw to, but still athletes. Uh, that'd be that'd be a lot of fun to watch. It'd be closer. Uh, but okay, back to real life. The spread's what, 14 and a half. Do you think Alabama covers that? No. Okay. You think it's a single digit? I think it's somewhere nine to twelve. Okay, I will take LSU to. Will they be the first team to cover versus Bama? I don't know. I don't have a gambling history in front of me. <laughs> I don't think so because there, there have been some like forty point spreads in there. Oh uh, yeah, and they don't let their quarterback keep playing. Right? Will Jalen Hurts get to play the fourth quarter? I say, yeah, I think so. Okay, because uh, it, I think it, it, there's, if they go into the fourth quarter with it being a uh, you know like a two possession game then he's playing in the fourth quarter, and I think there's a good chance it could be... What if they have to punt once? Does he come back out? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> okay. Uh, but, you know, it's just that environment. Uh, both teams coming off a bye. It's going to be a lot of fun. But you know what? It's not the only big game we have uh, this weekend. Earlier in the day, in the SEC, Georgia at Kentucky, this is basically a almost a play-in game for the SEC East uh, You know, to... Uh, face whoever in the SEC championship game. Uh, Georgia, I think, has the better roster just in terms of overall talent. But They can, don't have the good Josh Allen, though. Well, that's what Kentucky, uh, there, there's so much fun to watch because of Josh Allen, because of Benny Snell, because of you know, what they've been able to do this year. Uh, 
big fan of that that team. Uh, Stoops has got that team rolling. If the quarterback can make enough plays, which at times has been an issue this year, if the quarterback can make enough plays, then they're going to have a shot to beat Georgia. The game's in Lexington, so I'm really eager to see that one. It's going to be a lot of fun. I do want to make an announcement to you, and it's stupid to do this before I've actually watched tape on any of them. Okay. But my running back number one is going to be David Montgomery. Okay. He's going to be, I've already decided after uh, watching enough of him, he's going to be my guy. Yeah, he's you, a good player. You have to choke slam or DDT yeah. him to make him fall down. <laughs> That's that's my dude. Iowa He's, State's running back is a monster. And I tell you what, there's nothing really special about him from an athletic standpoint. Except you can't tackle him. Well, but it's just it's it's resolve, it's balance, it's determination. And he's uh, getting four and a half yards per carry. Which I is, hate you, Iowa State. Get better blocking. I mean, it's in, in the Big Twelve too. You know, a, a conference not known for its tackling. So. This is the second year that I'm deciding on my RB one before watching tape. I did was, it with Mixon too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, that one's turned out okay. Yeah, it turned out okay. I, I, my favorite thing about doing the draft is when you're uh, insistent on how good a prospect is mm-hmm. that uh, if it doesn't work out for like a four-week stretch in the NFL, you're an idiot. Yeah, you're guy, wrong. And the guy can't play. Right. When they, when Cincinnati couldn't block last year, I was stupid. <laughs> right. But now, it's I don't know. Well, I remember how... I haven't st- heard from the people that told me I was stupid. I remember how stupid you were I was Jared so Goff's rookie year. I was Jared Goff. Yeah. Oh, I was an idiot. Man. He couldn't play. Couldn't I thought play about lick. quitting the podcast. Man, Cowboys. I didn't want to be connected with you. Cowboys, fire your Jeff Fisher. Yeah. Unlock this thing. Oh, my. You just called Jason Garrett Jeff Fisher. I did, yeah. Wow. Yeah, he's the same guy. NFL passed him by and I didn't disagree didn't with coach you. anymore. Uh, yeah, so that's how that goes. Uh, but also this weekend, we have some other big games. West Virginia at Texas. Again, talked about West Virginia, what they can do. Texas coming off uh, a brutal loss, which hey, I, I, did I call upset? Uh, upset potential last week? You did. You uh, did call that one. And uh, text Tom Herman. He was a little perturbed at the end of that game. Lost it a little bit. What was uh, Tom upset about? Uh, when Mike Gundy came onto the field trying to get his, you didn't see that at the yeah, end. Yeah, no, I saw him try to fist okay. fight. Yeah, uh, he saw Mike Gundy get on the field. I saw so Emmanuel, he went on the field. I saw Emmanuel Acho was mad that they benched their starting corners in the first quarter because the guys were late yeah. to a walkthrough or a practice or something. Emmanuel Acho needs to relax. I mean, it, like I, it's about winning, Dane. It's, it's college. It's football. okay to be fair with your analysis, but I mean, <laughs> you use the word like trash. You're gonna get some some uh, some feedback to say the least, mm. uh, especially when you were a former player not too long ago from that program. You're gonna call that team trash. Uh, I mean, it's a good team. They're a top twenty ranked team. They have two losses. Uh, you know, don't be surprised when you hear from them. Uh, that's that's interesting. Um, we're gonna see. So West Virginia at Texas in Austin. That'll be a good one. That's another two thirty or three thirty Eastern game. Um, at night, where we have Notre Dame at Northwestern. If uh, Northwestern, who is playing well right now, coming off a big win against Wisconsin, um, you know, it's weird. They have losses against Duke. They have losses against Akron. But they have the talent to do it. And if they beat Notre Dame, all of a sudden the Irish, they're an afterthought 
for the playoff. That'd be great. I love cheering against Notre Dame. It's one of my favorite pastimes. So there are a lot of teams. They're the Big Twelve, the Big Ten. They are rooting for uh, Northwestern, and it's it's possible. So and will you watch Missouri one. at Florida to just keep giving Drew Locke a chance to go out against a good team and play well? Oh, as long as there's football to be played and there's going to be evidence to be watched in terms of you know these prospects, of course. Uh, now I will probably DVR that game and watch it later. Now, Dane, who are you locked in on at Utah State at? Hawaii. Say Hawaii has a linebacker. I, really I knew like. you'd have somebody. Uh, I knew it. Well, I you know, I don't know if he's going to play. He's got a shoulder banged up. But I tell you what, Tavai, keep this name in mind. He could be a top 100 pick. Hmm. Uh, he's a senior. He's a, he's a big physical guy. Got a little bit of off-field stuff. He's dealing with a shoulder issue, but he's a top 100 pick when he's healthy and, you know, as long as you don't worry about the off-field stuff. So, just uh Keep that one on in your back of your mind. Uh, early games. Let's see. We got A and M at Auburn, uh, South Carolina, Ole Miss, uh, Ohio State, Nebraska. Once upon a time, would have been fun. Uh, well, I'm eager if to Tommy see how Frazier was here. I'm eager to see how Ohio State bounces back from that big loss against Purdue. They had a bye week to lick their wounds and kind of make the necessary adjustments. We'll see if they do because the schedule. And for Urban to announce that they lost because he had assist or something. And, well, I mean to be fair, he didn't say that's why they lost, but oh, yeah. he, you know, he he took full blame for it. And I just, you know, you're getting paid all this money. Okay, what kind of adjustments are you going to make? Let's see it. Um, you got a lot of a lot of talent on your coaching staff there, so let's see you make the adjustments. People get really mad at me when I super recklessly speculate about Ohio State things. So I look forward to that here in a few hours when this is uploaded. It'll be good. Well, I mean, I think it's fair. I mean, I you know the Urban Meyer stuff. Is he going to coach next year? Is he not going to? It's absolutely fair to speculate about it. And uh, Ryan Day is an in-house candidate there. Matt Campbell. You never know. So um, you know, crazier things have happened. But they've got to go to East Lansing next the following week. They've still got Michigan coming up here uh, later in the month. So uh, this one against Nebraska, I think, is an important get-back-on-track type of game for the Buckeyes. What um, else you got? We've been talking a long time. I'm about done here. See, Penn State at Michigan. Can Penn State pull again. the upset? Um, Louisiana Tech and Mississippi State. Watch my defensive end, Jalen Ferguson. See what Which he can do. Which school is he at? Louisiana Tech. Oh, um, I love Louisiana Tech players. Potential top 50 guy. I'm really upset that Kenneth Dixon hasn't worked out so far. Yeah, it was nope. foreseeable. Uh, no, um, it was not. Dan. Sorry. He was a great player. Oklahoma at Texas Tech. Uh, you know, that... A lot of talk this week about Baker Mayfield and Patrick Mahomes uh, with that, that game going on, plus the Browns and Chiefs meet on Sunday. Uh, so that'll be fun. Uh, we'll see if uh, you know, Lubbock's a weird place to play. You never know. Kyler Murray going in the in the Lubbock. Could uh, the Red Raiders pull the upset? And got a lot, a lot of tortillas you got to worry about. <laughs> it's, this is also true. Careful in there. So it, it's, a, it's a loaded week of uh, uh, weekend of college football. We had, we had a game last night. Uh, Buffalo. Uh, Beating Miami of Ohio, Tyree. Ja- check out the quarterback Tyree Jackson in my uh, Monday column this For week. For Buffalo, yeah, okay. He's a behemoth of a man, uh, about six seven and a half. Jared uh, Lorenzen behemoth. Well, no, more like uh, like a super a super sized uh, Paxton Lynch. Um, oh, you know, first round. Uh you know it, he's going. I, he's a junior, and I've had scouts that have went through Buffalo tell me that as as long as nothing changes, he's going to the draft. So. Uh, he's going to be a quarterback thrown into the mix that, with it not being a strong quarterback group, he's got a chance to uh, make some noise. He's big. He's got a huge arm. Uh, inconsistent in a lot of ways, but there's there's plenty to like there. So uh, he'll be a fun guy to scout throughout the process. The end? 
Uh, yeah, I, do, I, have I think to, so. I got to go to the bathroom. <sighs> well, I hate you know that what? that's what ends Trust the Tape every week, but it's my regular schedule. You know? Oh, I'm sorry. Were you interrupting your inter- your, your <laughs> you schedule? Don't, you don't want to mess up the regular schedule. At DP Brugler, that's Dane Brugler, the great Dane Brugler, from The Athletic and DallasCowboys.com and 105.3 The Fan and all those things. I'm Jeff Cavanaugh, JC1053 on Twitter. Hit the five-star. If, if everybody hits a five-star review and subscribes to the podcast and leaves a comment with what they're dressing as for Halloween or dressing their kids as for Halloween... Maybe we'll go longer next time. I'll try to alter my bodily schedule. We'll see. Uh, We'll see you next week on Trust the Tape. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.